Cleared the chances went home. Guess this. Welcome to Imposter Syndrome with Z Macab. Howdy and welcome to uh, episode one of my podcast. Uh, I had actually just in the spirit of starting new things and, you know, uh, not always getting it right. I was sitting down to edit um, the episode and put it together and get it ready to, you know, actually be out in the world. And I realized only much, much uh, too late after recording the episode that I had inadvertently um, recorded on the wrong microphone. Um, because for whatever reason, my setup isn't always um, set to record from my good recording mic. And sometimes it just defaults to um, the computer microphone. So I was like, wow, it's so quiet and it doesn't sound good and what's going on. So, you know, if you're ever like, sure of yourself and you mess up and you're like, man, this, this sucks. Just remember we all do it. Like I'm like, literally I recorded an entire episode on the incorrect mic without realizing it, talking into a microphone that was not set up, um, the correct way. So, you know, we all make mistakes and I think it's a perfect example of, you know, um, an episode or like, you know, someone with tons of experience, tons, whatever, with any experience still managing to mess up. Um, and I think we all do that. And I don't think that we should ever be in a spot where we stop thinking that we can mess up, you know, like it doesn't matter. Like the cockier you get, the more sure of yourself you get, the more likely you are to mess up. Right. But also if you're afraid of making mistakes, if you're afraid of those fuck ups when they happen, like you're still going to fuck up. Like it doesn't matter how good or how, you know, new you are, how experienced you are, you're still going to hit the wrong button every now and then. And it just happens, you know, and it's all part of making art. So instead of, you know, I was just like, LOL, oops, <laughs> uh, I'm an idiot and I'm, you know, just re-recording. However, I did try to get a few episodes in the bank before I started actually like putting them out into the world. So my voice might be a little bit deeper on episode one than it is on episode two. Just to just to put that out there. I don't know for sure. I feel like I've had a little bit of a vocal drop in the past week. Um, so that's interesting. I don't know how noticeable it is for other people, um, but it's I'm definitely going a little deeper than I was a year, you know, you know, a year ago. I didn't sound like how I sound now. No complaints for me, though. Um and again, if you're just tuning in, I'm on a transition uh, and I'm on testosterone. So my voice will be getting gradually deeper as we go into getting into further episodes. I had the first episode that I recorded. Um, I had a lot of I don't want to say statistics because I, I didn't research anything, but I was talking about, I remember that I was talking about, cause I sort of, this had been on my mind at the time, how, like how difficult it can be to make art. I think, you know, there's, there's this talk of like nepotism 
and stars who basically got a leg up because of nepotism. And I think I'm seeing a lot of those people who are being accused of nepotism. They're coming back with a lot of like, oh yeah, well, it's not as bad in Hollywood as it is in, you know, politics or whatever. Or like, this is just a mean conversation to have. And I think it's really interesting because I think it's a perfect example of how people respond to being told that they have privilege. Like even people who are aware of having privilege will still sometimes buck that idea that they have privilege. And I think it's a great, especially like, I think one of the reasons why it's being brought up the way that it is in Hollywood is because your entire job there is to be visible, right? So if you're visible, if everything about your life is is very visible to the public, of course, it's going to be visible that, that there's some nepotism involved in how you got there. And nepotism doesn't, I mean, I, I maybe I'm missing something in the conversation, but for me, looking at this, it doesn't mean that like all of these people are like untalented and unworthy. It just means that they didn't have to do the same things to get noticed that other people had to do, right? And that all the work that they do is is already more visible than all the work someone else. Like if I went to Hollywood and I auditioned and auditioned and auditioned, I might not get anything, but they're going to have and there's just because they're still expected to audition doesn't mean that there's not a name attached to it doesn't mean that people don't know who they are and doesn't mean that it's not going to be something that could possibly help your career to give them a job because of who their parents are and i think that those sort of like not implications but that type of privilege where it's not necessarily that you aren't being looked at critically you know, obviously, you know, we all are to some degree and everyone has expectations on them, you know, but it just means that like the criticism you might face isn't going to be as detrimental to your life as the criticism anyone else might face, you know, or, or the difficulties you face, you know, any negative that you experience isn't going to be as hard as a, of a blow as it is to someone without your privilege. And I think that's the thing that, that people don't, quite grasp and and it really brings to mind I, I bring this up all the time because it stuck with me so hard as someone like talking about writer's block being sort of like a, just an excuse not to do your the work and anytime I see people giving tips on how to get past writer's block it's usually an assumption that you're just not doing it or you just don't know how to do it you know you don't know how to write there's so many tips that i see out there that are like strangely fundamentally like like low tier sort of like issues that i don't think that i would consider like i would not start writing on something if i didn't have these things figured out like you know like oh, you might be having trouble <laughs> with what you're writing because you haven't come up with a plot yet or whatever. Like you might, you know, like how developed are your characters? Like what's the reason that they're in the situation they're in? And I'm like, all those things are just like basic tools for writing. Like I'm not going to start a project if I have no idea like what the end goal is supposed to be or like what, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just... <laughs> Like there's so many things like that where I'm like, wait, this isn't an issue for me. And and I feel like I see people t 
talk about writer's block or they talk about it in the sense of like, you're just not trying to do the work. And, and that's when it kind of strikes me as realizing that the people who don't understand writer's block are the people that probably experience like quote unquote writer's block the most is people that, that have the ability to sit all day and write without the worry of, of whether or not they're going to make rent. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and that's, again, not to say that, you know, if you're a professional or something that you're always, you know, financially secure, that's not really what I mean. But what I'm saying is like, there is a difference between someone who's working a full-time job and not making money writing, trying to write something or make art in their spare time and someone who their job is to make art and not to say that there's not difficulties it's just the difficulties are different is what I'm saying like yes there are difficulties but there's a different type of stress or the stress is coming from a different area and I was really I was thinking about it because you know so much of the time when you're working a full-time job or even a part-time job part-time jobs instead of working 40 hours you're working like 38 hours so let's just say you're working a full-time job (laughs) like like a full-time job you're you're sitting there you're working and it gets looked at as like well that's only like a chunk like eight hours out of my day so I should I have all this time left over to write is how our brain sees it and the other day or last month really I was I was like trying to break it down I was like okay this idea of like I'm so lazy because I can't make myself write like I feel like I have writer's block when I try to write during the week or like on the weekends like like when I was working at the bank I was working at you know I was working like I was working overtime every single week I was working like between like 41 and like 45 hours a week which isn't a lot but like you know still I was working more than 40 hours and every single week and I was so stressed out I was getting to work sometime like between like 6 30 and 7 every day I was like overwhelmed I was you know I was there from like 7 a.m to like almost 5 p.m like I was you know that's like a lot of hours I got time off for lunch but I would sometimes take a a 45 minute lunch and I would sometimes take a 15 minute lunch so it's like you know it would depend so I was working so many fucking hours I was working so many hours at this place and then I would go home at the end of the day and I would have, I would be so fucking tired and I would just like go to bed at 8 PM and then I wake up at like 5 AM, like 4 30 or five, I'd get ready for work. I'd go to work. And I was like, how am I supposed to do anything during these hours? And I, st- I like sat down and it's not like, it's not like a full accurate sort of timestamp, but I just, I was like trying to calculate like how much hours a normal person might have. And by normal, I mean, anyone, anyone, <laughs> And it's like, okay, you're supposed to get eight hours of sleep. And if you're supposed to get eight hours of sleep, that means then you have eight hours of work. Okay. So that's 16 hours. But if you think about it, like most of the time, like people don't actually work nine to five, they work eight to five, right? Um, Because they're supposed to work a full eight hours, but then they get an hour for lunch in there somewhere. So let's say you have nine hours. So that's actually uh, 
17, right? There's 17 hours of your day gone because in that hour, you're not going to be able to do shit, right? You're eating lunch, you're doing whatever, and that's taking up the hour. So then when you get up in the morning, like making yourself breakfast, getting ready for work, getting dressed, you know, taking a shower, all of that stuff. Um, there, that is, let's say an hour to an hour and a half. Okay. So you have an hour and a half. So that's already 18 and a half hours. And that's just from the time, like going to bed at night and coming home, that's 18 hours. So you have 18 and a half. So you have about five and a half more hours, right. To figure out that's super easy. Right. So your commute to work, let's say that's a half an hour. Okay. So that's, let's just say your commute uh, back and forth to work is a half an hour. So that means that you, okay, let's say, and that's only, that's imagine if you actually commute. So that's 19 hours. So now you have five hours and you no, you have four. Yeah. Five hours. Sorry. Math is hard. So that's five hours. So you have five hours, then you have to make dinner. So that's um, an hour and a half, like to make dinner and eat dinner. Um, and then, so that leaves you with, uh, three and a half hours left. Um, and then you have to clean up, you have to get ready for bed and all this stuff. And then it's like, you have a couple hours at night and you're supposed to use those couple hours that you're not actively doing something. Now, remember those, those, that like that time, like, yes, you're getting eight hours of sleep, but that's how much you're supposed to get. And that's how much your doctor will yell at you if you're not getting. And yeah, you can cut out the time that you sleep. You can skip meals. You can, you know, not clean up, you know, you can avoid showers, but these are like, or, you know, not do things that are supposed to, that's just going to add stress to your life. You know what I mean? If you don't clean up, if you don't do this, if you don't do that, if you don't like, there's so many ways that you're just going to be stressed out. And of course, like you can say like, Hey, this isn't, you know, that's not how my experience is. That's great. That's how my experience was. I had like an hour and a half to two hours and I would just sit and I would, you know, I was so exhausted that I was like falling asleep at like 8 PM. And so I would get home at like five you know, between like 4.30 and 5. And then I would have like three hours to try to like fight the clock to eat dinner and get ready for bed and then just like be falling asleep. And that's like, like that's if you live by yourself and you don't have like kids, you don't have a spouse, you don't have to spend time with anyone else. That's like not making time for friends, not making time for a life, not going to the store, not running errands. You have like three hours of your day that you're allowed to like work on stuff, you know, if, if you're, you know, adhering to those hours and like, that's, you know, sometimes you're not going to cook a full meal. You're just going to heat up leftovers. Sometimes you're not, you're going to skip your shower in the morning, but then you'll take it at night or, you know, whatever, like, yeah, it's not always going to take the same amount of time. And yeah, you have weekends, but the weekends is when you have to, you know, do your, real cleaning of your, you know, of your house or whatever. And that's when you do your shopping and that's when you do, and you have to be able to rest and relax and take time for yourself. And if you think about it in those terms, like really, really, really think about it. Like it's really, really difficult to relax and to, but also like you, you start to realize like there's so little like actual free time. And, and I think sometimes it can get a little bit overwhelming to think of it in those terms and to think like, mm, like whatever, like <laughs> I, you know, yay. That means like our system is broken and I don't have time to do anything and I'm never going to have time to do anything. And like, you can, if you're like me, you can end up spiraling and be like, there's no hope. Why am I trying? 
Um, but what the reason why I'm saying that is to say this is the conversation of nepotism, right? Is saying like you don't have that same like expectation to come home, you know, like imagine if you're working like that and you're also trying to be an actor or you're also trying to do something like you're going to have like really a really 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 difficult time balancing those two things because it's nearly impossible i can't imagine like honestly when i was younger i really 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 wanted to like be a famous actor i have no fucking idea why because i would have lost my mind (laughs) it's not at all appealing to me um i mean i'm still really into like obviously you know i would love if like one of my books was turned into a movie but I don't like want to be in it I just want to like you know be like yeah cast these people (laughs) I like I don't really want you know that sort of like life uh or expectation of like oof but you know when I was younger I god I wanted to like I was like I'm gonna move to California and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna be a famous actor and like you know I'm gonna write movies and I'm in my mind when I was you know, a teenager, my plan was that I was going to like move to Hollywood, become an actor and start like writing, directing, producing and starring in all my own movies. So you can see that I have like a very, um, I still do this sort of thing. Like I write books now and I edit them myself and I, (laughs) I create the cover for them and I take the photo for it. I do everything. And I'm very like, no, I have to do it. Like I, I, I'm the one that has to do it. It has to be me. I get very sort of like, you know, not one track mind, but I'm like, I controlling sort of, I mean, I wouldn't say it's controlling, but it's more like, I'm like, no, I want, I want to be the decision maker for all of it. Like I'm very, um, uh, I guess like, careful with all my art projects like I get sort of like no you have to be done a certain way only you know I don't trust anyone else to do it which sounds controlling but it's more about like I want to I want the outcome to be a specific way um so yeah that's probably controlling whatever ow I just hit my finger whatever yeah I just I wanted to do all that and then like as an adult I realized like that's horrible like I wouldn't want to live in LA or California or anything like that. I wouldn't want to be in that sort of like at, at all. Like, no, thank you. So I can't imagine being an adult, like a full grown adult and like making that your life. I can't imagine that. No shade to anyone that does. I just mean like literally, I can't imagine like the dedication it takes, you know? And people look at like artists like that, like people who quit their day job and <laughs> decide to write books and make podcasts um things like that people (laughs) I'm not talking about anyone in particular and they sort of like see it as like a frivolity right they see it as like oh you're immature you know you're doing all of these things you're so full of yourself you're but it takes so much dedication to make art your full-time job it's it's insane like you have to dedicate so much of your time to like taking care of these things like you know if you're if you're doing shit like auditioning and shit like that like you're not going somewhere like especially like if you're trying to get your foot in right it's you're you're going to these places and you're putting your heart and your soul into this thing and you're being rejected constantly because that's what happens like most of the time like with any profession with anything like even with job like you know mundane nine to five jobs like you you throw your resume and your application into like 50 places and like two places will get back to you you know and that's sort of like imagine that but like 
as an actor, you know, you're like putting your shit out there to like everyone that's interested and you're getting like maybe a callback, you know, like that's, that's a lot of work, you know? And if you think about it in those terms, and then you think about it in terms of nepotism, like if this is a career that you're pursuing and you have no family or money or anything to fall back on, it's so much less likely that you'll have the time, the freedom, the resources to dedicate to this, that someone whose entire family is already in that industry. And it's not to say that those people are monsters or undeserving of any sort of like fame or whatever, or that they're untalented or anything. It's just like, the idea of privilege and that smacks in in every every single artistic community like if you're coming from privilege you're you have more money to pour into your work you have more time to pour into your work you have more resources to to fall back on to put into your work like you have to to like it's so easy to say to yourself, like, I should be doing better than this, or I should be, you know, more established than I am. But think about it in terms of what did you start out with? How did you start out? If you started from scratch, then it's very, very, very likely that you are so much further than you realize you are. And I have to, I have to do that with myself a lot because it's difficult to sort of really assess your own like you know where you are because so many times I look at where I am and I'm like oh I'm I'm you know I know where I want to be but I'm not there so it's hard to like scale back and be like okay but where were you a year ago and when I think about things like that when I'm like okay where was I like five years ago like seven like seven years ago none of this none of this was happening for me i wasn't writing books i wasn't doing shit i mean i was but i wasn't you know i was so unsure of myself i was so you know in my own head and scared and and self-doubting and like to look at me now insanely different but it's really hard to like you know cuz you're comparing yourself a lot of times in the short term right you're like okay well six months ago, I wanted to be way further along than this. Right. But where were you two years ago? Where were you five years ago? And, and what have you learned and what have you taught yourself and where have you come out on the other side? And that's really, that's really what it is. And that's really what it's about is like, especially when you don't come from privilege, like what have you been able to accomplish coming from nothing? What have you been able to do with the little resources that you, that you have, that you've likely made for yourself? You know, it's really easy to compare yourself to other people and compare yourself to like what they have, but you don't know how long it took someone to get to that point. And I guarantee if you ask someone like, (laughs) like (laughs) they're not going to have the answer that you think they're not going to be like oh yeah I just did it it was just and if they do a lot of times it's because they have a lot more like if someone's like oh I just did it I just decided to do it and I did it it's going to be far more likely that they have a lot more resources um than what you might have um but yeah anyway just thinking about sort of you know, I'm always talking about privilege and, and resources and, and the difficulties of being sort of like a do-it-yourselfer, 
but yeah, that's that's why I'm making this freaking podcast, man, because I want to talk about this stuff. And I hope that you look at how much you've done and look at all of the things you've accomplished, despite how difficult it is to have a full time job or to have a family or to have a disability or all of the things that keep us from having all the you know, time and opportunities that we'd like, not to say having a family is a bad thing or, you know, a job or anything like that. It's just, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many things that if you look at some idealized version of, of what, you know, this should be like, none of us have that. Like we all have time commitments. We all have, you know, expectations of something we all have to take care of someone or ourselves or doctor's appointments or, you know, therapy (laughs) or just like a million things that keep us from dedicating all of our time to the thing that we really want to. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're not going to do it or that you don't have the time to do it. It just means that don't beat yourself up if it's not as easy as you'd like it to be. Because it's hard and it takes a lot of work. And when you don't have a lot of free time, it makes it harder, but don't give up, you know, just be nicer to yourself about it is all. Be nice to yourself is what I'm saying. You don't come from privilege. You don't have these resources. So the fact that you're still doing it, you're still working on it. That's something that you should look at yourself and say, okay, you know what? I'm doing good. And I'm proud of myself and you should be proud of yourself because I'm proud of myself. Some days I'm not, but I try every day to be a little bit proud of myself and all the work that I've done to get to this point. Um, And I'm proud of you too for all the work that you do. So yeah, this is episode one. So tune in for the next episode because it will happen. Um, Thank you for listening. And I hope your week is really, really wonderful. Thanks for listening. That's all for this episode of Imposter Syndrome. Stay tuned for more easy listening hits from your favorite.